Welcome to the Aspire Lead Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Well, if you remember, last week I had mentioned that there was some exciting news for the podcast, and I am proud to announce that Aspire to Lead now has a new partnership with a sponsor by Toddle. Toddle is a fantastic company that I've been in talks with for the last month, and I'm super excited to start in February having them as the featured sponsor for the podcast. So Toddle is going to have one of the largest virtual gatherings for school leaders coming up here in just a little bit in March called School Leaders Bootcamp. So if you want a sneak peek, I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you, but stay tuned. Next week, I'm going to have a lot more information. It is a free event, and I'm so excited to talk about that event. There's some fantastic leaders going to be speaking, Seth Godin, George Kuros, and more. So like I said, can't wait to talk about that next week. This week, our featured sponsor is Papa Rob's Coffee. If you're looking for a variety of amazing medium and dark blends, don't forget to go over to paparobscoffee.com. Use the code ASPIRE15 to get 15% off your entire order. It is my favorite coffee. I was just at FETC. Couldn't wait to get home to get a hot brew of my favorite coffee, which is the Papa Rob's blend. So again, head over to paparobscoffee.com. I promise you will not regret that decision. All right. So I'm heading over to TCEA. This week, I have the amazing opportunity to speak to two tech coaches who will be at the same conference in San Antonio this week. We're going to talk about what they're doing on their campus, how tech coaches are helping and empowering teachers with instruction. I've got Michael Vick and Sam Shropshire, and I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua Double Underscore Stamper. Sam, Michael, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Oh, thanks for having us. Hey, glad to be here. Michael, obviously, me and you worked together for three years, three plus years. Three years, plus talking back and forth half this year. So That's three true. and a half years. Yeah. So let's talk through the leadership and education journey from both of you. So Sam, why don't you go and begin to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've been teaching for 17 years now. It's been a lot of fun. It's kind of interesting thinking about where I started because I started out in this really small 1A school with like 50 kids. And then I ended up my last couple of years teaching at a school with like 3,500. So it was just kind of all in, all in between two. And then the last six years I've been in instructional technology type role. And it's been, it's been a blast. I would say that just thinking of my uh, leadership style, cause I was reflecting on that thing about this. I kind of, I've always been a real humble person and instilled in me really early on all throughout high school. It was like the biggest motto of our, my high school TMI go Panthers um, was servant leadership. And, you know, that that to me means a lot because that's also what my college was all about, too. It kind of means that you take a step back, that if you're stepping into a leader role, you're stepping into it not for the benefit of yourself, but to serve and, and benefit others. And so I kind of when I always reflect on on kind of my job and such, I feel like I'm, I'm here to serve other people's needs way, way above my own. And that, you know, it's the most important thing is to get to know and and 
know what those people need from you more than what you need from them. That's not what's important. Yeah, my leadership journey, you know, I've been an educator for 12 years now. I've been in digital learning for, this is my seventh year. And so at no point did I become a leader and feel like I was above anybody. I think that's probably the biggest thing throughout this whole journey. I didn't, I never really felt like I definitely can give you something way more than you can give me. Like it's always a give and take relationship between now as a digital learning coach, working with teachers, of course, I have a lot of experience with digital things, but I learned things from other teachers as well. I can't tell you how many times where like, I'm okay with saying, oh, like I'm teaching this tool. It's like this other teacher has an idea and they say, you know, I used to do this one thing and I stop and I listen. And I think as a leader, it's important to, to hear what everybody has to say, let everybody have a voice. And that's especially true when you're working with professionals, with adult professionals that really do have incredible experiences. And it's, it's important to let them share and let them feel like it's okay to share. And so that's kind of my biggest thing with, with this journey. So guys, you both talked about leaders as tech coaches. I think this is such an important piece. And I thankfully got to speak a little bit about this over the summer over in Arkansas. And, and thank you to Michael. You know, you were a huge inspiration for that because I got to see firsthand you coming into our campus and really defining that role, probably different than I've ever seen before. And I got to see you grow as a leader on our campus and be really vital to our teachers as far as getting information beyond just their typical instructional practices. And we actually had you on the leadership team. So for the both of you, what do you see as far as the tech coach as a leader on a campus and what should that look like? You know, we're lucky that in my campus that I am there full time for the most part. I'm there full time. You know, I learn things about the different technologies that we have to offer and I hear what's being effective on the campus from certain teachers and I can kind of share that news with other teachers. And so um, I think it's as far as like being on a leadership team and being a member, it's listening for those opportunities and not being shy when you actually hear something. Cause I would say my first year, I, you know, I was, I was new to the district and I was shy and, but I was learning. And that second year, I finally did take a few really the second half of that first year, I did take a few steps and kind of offer some ideas and share my experiences. And so I think, you know, to, to answer your question, like as a tech coach, you have a, you have a niche set of skills that, that you're in tune with, whether that's, you know, stuff that you're, that you're seeing on Twitter, the stuff that you're listening to in podcasts or whatever you have, you have a certain skill set and knowledge and don't be shy about it when the opportunity comes. You know, I've worked in a couple of different districts in this role, but I really appreciate where I'm at now because they seem to really value um, the kind of experiences that our role can have and, and the impact that we can have. And it, it makes you feel really included and it makes you feel part of that school community, which is awesome. Like Michael talked about being at a place. Um, I mean, the, the school I'm at right now, I've been there four years and, and the relationships I formed just keep on getting stronger. But yeah, I, I guess what I really love, and this hopefully will go along with what you're asking, what I really love about my job more than anything else is teachers are like the best people in the world. Like they work so hard. They care so much. Like every single person I work with is there for the right reasons. Now, does that mean we always get along? No, because we have different perspectives of how we're getting to that place, but everybody is coming from the same motivation. And so when you're working with people who really strive to, to do the best for students and to be the best teacher they can be, 
I mean, that gives me a lot of personal satisfaction and, and more than anything else for them to take their next steps. They really just want that support. And uh, I'm saying handheld, but you know, it's just an expression, but they just want you there that comforting knowing that, Hey, it's okay. Like if, if something fails, it's okay. You got somebody right here in the, in the bunker beside you, that's going to be able to take the heat, you know, away from you if, if, if something does go wrong and it leads to them being motivated to take those next steps. And, and I can tell you that, you know, being on leadership team at, at my school, my principal really values that. And he tells me all the time and makes me feel very, very appreciated how he says all the time, how much, Hey, Sam, our teachers just constantly are saying that you being there and you, you know, showing the support that you do is, is helping them. So that, you know, gives me a lot of personal satisfaction. I love it. So gentlemen, obviously the classroom has changed drastically over the last decade continues to be advanced with technology. So I'm curious as far as your role and what you're trying to provide to our teachers, you know, what do you feel like technology should be within the classroom? Well, you know, it's funny later on, we're going to talk about our presentations that we're going to do at TCA. And that's actually one of our, pres- the one that Sam's kind of leading. Well, it's, it's like using your virtual skills. Yeah. So like teachers did learn a lot through what happened during the, the COVID year, whatever district, your district decided those skills are being put to use. I mean, and if they're not, they could be. And so that's kind of what our presentation is about is highlighting what those things you learned, like as far as, you know, quick, effective feedback, students communicating or whatever skills that teachers really had were backed into a corner to use to use in the classroom. And so, yeah, it has changed a lot. I've seen a lot of teachers have the skills and I guess just kind of encouraging that, making them feel like, you know, it's okay for, for students to collaborate together digitally versus just sitting next to each other, like skills, think little things like that, that were, that we were backed in a corner to as teachers during the COVID years, that now are like just another opportunity. And I mean, we think about, you know, jobs of the future, like those skills, like, like right now we're zooming, you know, like this is, this is what we're doing right now for our career. And this is just, this is the norm. So many careers, especially like the, better careers are the are the ones where these digital skills are going to be required. Like not, it's not even something they ask. It's just like, you, you're just going to be expected to know how to use these things. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you, when you asked the question, I thought about all the conversations about technology I've had throughout the years with, with other teachers. And I remember one particular department meeting and, and let's just call him the old guard um, <laughs> at the time. And Michael's laughing because he actually, he's a good friend of ours. So he's going to really laugh about this. Uh, we're saying something like, man, if we were just born 20 years earlier, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about iPads. We wouldn't have to worry about the internet. We wouldn't have to worry about this in our classroom. And I just started laughing because I'm like, God, 20 years before there was something new then too, you know, like keep on going back and rolling that back. And there was always something new. Like the only constant is change. And so like, you know, the way that I envision, you know, teaching and and learning, especially when it comes to technology is just be open to whatever it is. Like, yes, you're going to be constantly learning and it's going to, and if you claim to be a lifeline learner, well, then technology is part of that. And you need to be open and comfortable with that. That doesn't mean we're going to leave you hung out to dry, right? You know, we're, I'm lucky enough to be in a place where I have a position where I can provide that kind of support and just like Michael, but just be open and have that growth mindset and be willing to take risk and try new things. This mutual friend of ours, we should make sure he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't call him out. 
you know, you talk about the department meetings and, and people being at different places, right? And, and they have different values and perspectives of, of technology and the role it should place in the classroom. And so I know that's very difficult. Obviously, as an administrator myself, I, I love technology, obviously, and I'm very passionate about it. So sometimes I would be going a thousand miles an hour and some folks were going at a much slower pace. So for you guys, like, what are you doing as coaches to really help differentiate for those teachers? Well, just like how education is going right now, we have a, a lot of new teachers every year. Every year there's a, there's a good crop of, of new people. So it, it really is a, a special attention to those those first year teachers. You know, we, we have a whole special day and it's kind of like, all right, guys, you're not going to remember any of this stuff right now. However, let's just get comfortable and form good relationships together. That way, when the when the days and every day comes where you feel like you're overwhelmed or something that you can't handle or whatever, know that know that we're there. So we provide a lot of support for that. We use Canvas as our learning management system. And one of the really great tools in Canvas is Mastery Pass. And what you're able to do in that is you're able to give like a pre-assessment and then it sends you down specific levels based on where you're at. And so I think that's a really great way that we differentiate with our teachers and professional development is we might give them some type of free assessment. And then based off that, it kind of sends them down the level of support or to the next step where they're at in that process. I think the idea of teaching a staff of like 60 people, all, all one thing at one time. So we'll stick with Canvas, like Sam mentioned. Like, let's say I'm teaching 60 people how to use Canvas. At no point do I think I need to sit up there for 50 minutes and talk about Canvas. That sounds like the dumbest idea in the world. No, I mean, people are going to tune out. I mean, it's just not, but the same things with your classroom too. Like I'll give them a little bit, have them work together, work in groups, work in pairs, all of those, all of those strategies. And, and also like, to be honest, I kind of avoid the whole group instruction because there's only one of me, right? I prefer small groups, teams to help, I mean, to help differentiate. Like it's not, not really all that helpful for a teacher who has a classroom of 30, but for me, for in our position as a tech coach, it is an opportunity for us to say, hey, as a department, as a small group of four max or whatever, let me meet with you and we're going to make this work for you. And that way we can create real things they can use besides just pie in the sky. Hey, you might want to do this for this one thing you're wanting to do. Like instead we can say, here, help, let me help you create that one particular mastery path, for example, or let me, or that discussion post or the peer review grading assignment that you're going to, let me, let's actually do it together and take the time and start to really build it. And so those smaller groups really helps. Earlier, I talked about meeting teachers on their level. And so in those smaller groups, I can really get them to be more open and honest and let them know that I really care about where they are and want where they wanna be and help, help them on their level. I was thinking too, on the other end, you do get some folks that find a lot of shiny toys especially now, I think we have more resources than we ever have with the different applications. So for that person who is gung-ho with technology and maybe has a little too much on their plate, you know, what are you doing to, to help those folks? Oh, so differentiate for our like GT population. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of like a few people in particular that they come to me and they're like, hey, if you check out this formative was one. I remember talking to a teacher specifically about about formative. Well, formative is a really cool formative assessment tool, um, but it's also to get to the good stuff costs, you know, money. And so like having a conversation with him, like not shutting him down. And I, I remember thinking that initially, I'm like, well, you could, when you get to really good or when you get to mo more students, it's going to start. I remember thinking that immediately 
but I, you know, still letting him talk it over and talk about those tools so I can hear what he wants and then maybe offer Canvas quid new quizzes was actually what I ended up going with with him because he was wanting to do do some of that formative assessment stuff and you can do some of that within speed grader of new quizzes and um, that's one particular instance but like I think it's important to like listen first you know like what what are you what is the what are the things that really are interested to you and kind of get to the the heart of what it is that they're looking for I'll tell you what I'll take the uh, the high flyer too excited person all day long I don't know I'm trying to like think of somebody that overwhelmed or with too far, too fast. That kind of was a problem. But to be honest, I'll take that because that means they're super excited, right? For like sure. The compared to the opposite of somebody that you know kind of is stuck in the mud and doesn't want to try anything new, man, I'll I'll jump on that fast plane and, and ride with those high flyers, you know, any day. Um, I, I the only kind of negative, I guess I should say, one in particular was maybe somebody that didn't consider, you know, some some privacy issues and maybe some diddle citizenship uh, conversations that we had to have. Um, but besides that, I mean, their heart was still in the right place. And, you know, I guess I relate to that person because like I told you when we were talking about our uh, our failure story, I was that person that was trying to go way too fast, way too hard and sharing, you know, my experience with them as far as, you know, are you really concentrating on what's important in the learning process? Or are you concentrating on that new tool? And, you know, what's, let's refocus and talk about what's the most important thing here. And, um, but I mean, it's not, even though they might get distracted by it, I still think their heart's in the right place and they'll come back down to a little yeah. bit. So, yeah. And, you know, so, some, I, sometimes I was thinking about this too. If they are super excited about all these technology things, I, I'll have that conversation about their own personal journey too. You know, maybe being a digital learning coach or a tech coach is something they, they would think about in the future too. And I, you see, let's see what their thoughts are there. And there's a couple of teachers on my campus right now who um, like one of them recently interviewed and she didn't get the job, but she wants to work with me more. And so there's an opportunity right there for us to do some like department meeting stuff together for, to learn some new tools too. So that's always an option as well. Look at you, Vic, being a mentor on our campus. I love it. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about something you brought up also, which was the TCEA presentation. We're all going to be in San Antonio together. I can't wait to see you guys in person. And, you know, you both are going to be doing sessions. So will you share what you're going to be presenting at that conference? Kind of like uh, what Michael was talking about when reflecting on what I thought would be important. It's kind of, I, I thought of, I've been laughing a lot. Well, laughing is a good word for it, I guess. So whenever, whenever COVID happened and we all went hundred percent virtual, you know, my eyes lit up and I know I talked to Vic about this yeah. at the same time, like, Oh my goodness, it is our, our opportunity. Like it really is our, exciting. our moment to shine. Like people will be coming to us and they'll be so excited and they'll be more going to try new things and they were right. And it was great, but I totally in that excitement didn't think about, Hey, this is a pendulum, right? And the, and it's going to go back. And, and I literally heard, you know, a principal say the next year is, all right, guys, we can forget all that, that computer garbage, put that away. And we're getting back to good old paper and pit. And I, and he's a good person. And, and I know what his message intent was, but it did like make me think that there's a lot of people that are in that mode of thinking of, all right, good. We can just forget all that. And so, you know, I'm always like, Hey, there's a happy medium here. 
And so when I was thinking about this presentation, I thought about like, let's step back, reflect and put some perspective on it and think about the things that we learned while we taught virtually. And then think about, you know, what's the most important thing in the learning and how can we kind of combine those two things together? And so the presentation at TCA is all about like, what are some things we did virtually, some skills and um, think some activities that we learned that we that we can implement now in person and how that can be done and more intentional. And so, you know, the more the more we work on it, the more I'm, I'm super excited for this topic. We're actually co-presenting together on both of them. Yeah. So that's the one that he's kind of taking the lead on. And then the one I'm taking the lead on is creating buy-in for tech coaches. So it's for tech coaches, tech leaders who want teachers to, a lot of what we've talked about tonight is like, creating buy-in and what things you can do. And my sessions, I've got some tools that I'm going to throw out there, some stuff from easy tools. So a lot about like levels of where teachers are. So like, Hey, if you have some, some teachers who are really like just jumping into the technology train, here are some really easy things you can, you can work with them on. But if they're kind of the, some of those higher flyers that you're talking about too, I mean, we even have some next level tools and ideas. And um, also kind of at the end of the, it's like, other things you can do as a tech coach to maintain your presence. Like, like I have a newsletter I send out and to, and to kind of get some engagement. We've got this trivia thing that happens. And also I spend a lot of time working with other instructional coaches on my team. And that, that really helps to kind of put yourself out there, you know, so, so that people know that you're a resource on that campus. And so that's kind of another, another thing that I'm going to talk about in, uh, in that session. You talk about the digital spin the wheel once you get the question, right? Like, yeah, wheel of names. <laughs> my teachers love it too. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to talk about a question that I, I ask all my guests. It's, it's something that I like to bring back because, you know, this is for leadership. So for any aspiring or current leader listening to this podcast, if you can give them one piece of advice that they can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would that be? So I, I would say just just to form relationships and listen first. Like some people get in leadership positions and their intent is, oh my goodness, here's what I have to give you. And you should just be amazed and awe about how great I am. And I and I think the best thing a leader can do is, is kind of take the opposite approach, especially when they first start, is just sit back, listen, make sure that everybody knows that you're forming relationships, that you're hearing what they have to say, and then use what they need as your motivation for your leadership style. I, you know, I, I think about on most campuses, there's like, there's almost always a data person. There's always like an ESL person. There's instructional coaches. And I, and I think if you want to be a leader or if you want to do things that make you a better leader, hang out with those people. You know, go, go and find them and suck all the knowledge you can out of their brains and, and use it and love it. And teachers forget. They were teachers too. And not only were they teachers, they must have been pretty good because they ended up in a role, a leadership role. And so teachers forget that. And so I think that's, there's my advice right there. I wish I had done it more as a teacher. I wish I had gone and talked to my, I think they were called design coaches. I, I wish I had done it more when I was in the classroom. Can I add one? I don't usually do this, but Michael, I know you and I've got to work with you for several years, but I think pushing the boundaries of your position. Like I think Michael, you and I spoke on this, you know, at that conference was you took the digital coach and you said, well, how can I expand that to push the boundaries of that title? Like, the, for instance, we got instructional coaches. You requested to be in an office with them because you're like, well, I also impact instruction. I should be <laughs> considered an instructional coach, right? So, 
you know, even that thought process of like, I don't want to be positioned in a back room somewhere for technology support. I want to be able to impact the instruction. I don't know if you want to speak on that, but I think pushing the boundary of whatever position, it doesn't have to just be a tech coach, but if you're a paraprofessional or if you're a teacher, you're a librarian, it doesn't matter. You can still impact the campus in multiple ways. For sure. I mean, you look at, you know, I was a teacher and I, I use technology in a way to help learning and help other, other teachers around me. And so I felt like my, my experience, my skill set, my knowledge was being underutilized. And so I, that was really what motivated that ask is like, Hey, can I work with these instructional coaches? Because, you know, the, that really sounds more in line with what I feel like I was like, I could do that. I could be the most helpful at. Yeah. Michael's school actually went to that model a year before mine. So I definitely relied on a lot of his experiences and, you know, forming the, the going from a part-time instructional coach uh, and teacher to just an instructional coach. You know, that was a new thing for, for our campus. It's still, it's, we're still evolving, but using the experience and what Michael talked about, hey, you know, let's not look at us as separate entities. Let's look at it as one team. Like, yes, we each have an expertise or something, but the, you know, one of us by ourselves isn't as great as all of us together working towards a common goal. And so hearing about that collaboration, that partnership that Michael talked about last year really motivated us to kind of form a very similar path. Yeah. Seeing it firsthand was extremely powerful. And if any tech coach is listening, if you have an opportunity to, to work with instructional coaches, I would highly recommend it. Gentlemen, I know people are going to be listening and they might be hearing some of the tools that you were talking through or or some of the initiatives and and wanting some additional resources or maybe they have some questions for you. So how can they connect with you on social media? Uh, Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at DigitalVic and um, also come to our sessions at uh, TCEA. We're going to have all sorts of resources from from our presentations. Yeah, so I think that's probably the best way at DigitalVic. Yeah, mine's at DLC Shrop, S-H-R-O-P. And same same thing as Michael. Feel free to, to come to CCA and let's connect. Most definitely. And I'm going to be with the Teach Twitter team there in San Antonio. So make sure that you are connecting to these two gentlemen on Twitter. Follow them, DM them, or you can contact me, Joshua double underscore stamper, or email me at Joshua at teachbitter.com and reach out. We would love to connect with you in San Antonio, Texas. Can't wait to see you gentlemen. And I just appreciate you so much, not only for what you do with our students on the campuses, but of course, providing such wisdom this evening. Thanks for having us. Oh man, it's been awesome. It's cool seeing you in this element. (laughs) 